I'm ready. Okay. Let's fucking do it for once. Like, yeah. let's really look. We had a high-energy show last time, and it led to probably the most viral an episode has ever gone. Yeah. Yeah. We it got, did go viral. We got featured last week in... Uh, Autism Weekly. Autism Weekly. <laughs> Autism Monthly. Autism Bi-Weekly. <laughs> they have one for every... They have many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One for every variation. Yeah, well, they have to. They have to have their bases covered. They you have know? The, the one for trains, the one for planes. Okay, what... I don't want to do too much uh, potentially ableist humor, I guess, but like, there is something about trains, right? Oh, train spotting, like train spars. Oh, is that a what is? I've never seen that movie or the movie has very little to do with the phenomenon itself. I don't read books. What is train spotting about? Well, I'm not going to talk about the movie or the book because oh, is that not not where the title? I thought I thought they coined the word in the title. No, 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 no. What is it? it? And the. Sorry, the cat's trying to get a fucking beer. Can you can you shove him off when he does that? Why? It's, He's, well, it's distracting. It's no, okay. it's distracting. Come on. All right. He's gonna make a bunch of noise scratching at the fucking um, yeah. cardboard. Hey, buddy. Now they're both in there, and the fucking dog <laughs> and the cat sticking their head into this big oh, box shit. of beer. He just scratched me. All your animals are attacking me for fuck's sake. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's wait till they settle down. Yeah, this they're is, both fucking. Now he's going sucks. into the box. This is how you live. This is how I live. <laughs> this shit blows. Oh, it sucks. Imagine, imagine on top of that a baby and a an occasionally needy wife. Yeah, and like a, a housemate and a housemate. Let's not forget her and a kid. Sometimes, like well, you have yeah. a full house. Not that the, not that any of those people are particularly annoying, but like you got a. Full oh yeah, fucking well, house definitely combined here. it can be. For yeah. Sure. You have right, a now lot the of cats, people in this house. The I mean, cat has nestled under some plastic. He's nestled I don't want to do plastic cat watch. I don't want to get into cat whims. No, 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 no. But, but we got to just wait till he settles yeah. down. Wait till the dog settles Can down. Can you and fucking then relax stay. down there? Yeah, fucking. I mean, it is, it's kind of like a red rag to a bull, isn't it? I've got a box yeah. full of like plastic yeah. wrap. This really does suck balls. I'm sorry you live this way. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I thought my cat was annoying, and he is. I'm going to take the box like, out. Yeah. With him in it and uh, see just, how that goes. Just living with animals can suck sometimes, man. While Sean's, while Sean's taking the cat out in the box, <laughs> picked the whole box up with the cat in it. Let me give you some of my musings, folks, while we're here on the mic solo. You know, cats, they're like, you know, have you ever felt like sometimes you don't own the cat, but instead the cat owns you? Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever felt that observation before? <laughs> Yeah, that's unique, dude. I never dude, thought of it that way. Sometimes I think that I'm like, I'm the cat's pet human, as I like to say, <laughs> to be cute. I like to say that I have floofy kitters, and, and I am their pet human. <laughs> I like to say that I love pussy. And I, oh god, I fucking hate that shit, too. Anytime <laughs> cats some come up, someone does one of those fucking... Ha, ha, ha. I like to say, I like to say that my cats are big chonks. I like to say and that I like fucking pussies. <laughs> Someone who doesn't quite get it. <laughs> They're, like, They're not quite sure what the human lies I is. love licking puss. <laughs> They're like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> I love feeding pussies tuna fish. <laughs> so getting yeah. back to autism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went a we little bit viral. Everyone, everyone tried it. 
some results more surprising than others. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. We we covered all of that ground. Yeah. You know what I do want to... I want to. If start, you had surprising results, you know who you are. Yeah, you know. Actually, you don't know who you are. <laughs> you probably you're autistic. Don't. <laughs> you're autistic as fuck. Um, all right. No, I do want to start this week, actually, by showing Max my balls. Okay, well, let me see yeah. what we got here. Have a look at that. I uh, had to go and get an ultrasound of my two testicles. Everything good? Uh, apparently. Is that little black mark okay? Uh, she didn't seem to think it was a problem. It I think that's does? Just... Okay, so I am looking at Sean's testicles It right looks like now. a butt for a start. It does. Like, it's, it's, an it's, ultra, little... it's like, you know how you get a picture of a baby? Which, by the way, Sean has no pictures of, of his baby in the womb, but he does have a picture of his nuts. I was about to mention <laughs> that, yeah. Because when I was getting it done, you know, slightly awkward. Like, yeah. you're, you know, you're lying in with some, you know, frumpy mm-hmm. old lady and... Uh, Kind of talking about it. I didn't realize that getting an ultrasound meant that they did it exactly the same way they do with a pregnant belly. Like they, oh, they, have they the put gun. gel on your balls and they do the little gun oh, thing. Oh, that rules. And so I was like, that's kind of funny. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, kind of like having a scan for a baby. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little bit, I, I started performing some banter and memes, you know, get her on side. Yeah. And then I convinced her. I was like, well, you know how they print out pictures of the babies? Do you think you could print out one of my. <laughs> One of my balls, and she went. Well, that's a little weird. And I said, "Yeah, it's especially weird since my wife. My wife actually got like a little sad once because I didn't do things like print out. You know, we have ultrasound pictures, and I never put them. You know, frame them and put them on my desk or whatever the fuck, or shared them anywhere. And yet, I thought it would be kind of funny if I really did care about getting an ultrasound of my balls. And I think I'm gonna frame that." I'm going to keep good. that on my desk. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, a baby is in uh, a, a woman's belly. They have more connection to it. Those balls have been in my body since I was born. That's true. They've been in there 28 years. They've done a lot. They've seen a lot. They've, they've survived a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot more connection to them than I than I did with a baby that wasn't inside me. So, yeah, I think it's perfectly fair to want to have something to commemorate your, your balls. Well, and healthy balls, which is good. Good healthy balls. No apparently. ball cancer. No, I, you know, it, it I occurs did, to me though. No. It occurs to me though that the episode in which we even established the principle for the the not the the precedent for this conversation uh-huh. didn't make it. That was the one where it was only your voice, so we had to cut. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So what you guys may or may not know is Sean, for honestly, probably the past month, at least a month, has yeah. been under with good reason the impress. Not this is not hypochondria, Max. This is fucking reasonable. Oh no, I got sent for an ultrasound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he has been under the impression that he has fucking cancer cancer with the ball bag cancer with the ball yeah, bag but yeah. then you also had like swollen lymph nodes on your arm i had I think. a big lump in my arm which yeah. turned up at the same time and i also got sick yeah and i generally even still i'm not feeling good like yeah. I, I don't i haven't been feeling myself i haven't been feeling that great yeah um so i had to yeah but then there was a whole thing transferring insurance from the insurance i had before to married insurance joining the family plan because my yeah. daughter was born and shit so basically couldn't uh get seen by anyone for like a month of having this lump in my fucking testicle and then right. not feeling good and getting other various symptoms luckily it turns out i probably don't have um cancer at least not of the ball bag maybe of somewhere else did they test for that i mean they can't do like a full body cancer screening no you, you you sort of take what you can get um but you know i did i did my blood tests and stuff like that 
So thank you. I'll take my balls back. Yeah, I handed. I just handed Sean's picture of his balls Sean's back nuts to back. it. Yeah, this isn't prop comedy. This actually was a real thing. No, I, I just did it today. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's disgusting. I'm very self conscious about my balls, and not in like a oh I'm embarrassed of them because they're not pretty. I don't like touching them myself. I'm the same. Yeah. I put my, I put a loofah to them. You know, like, but like my own hands on them, I don't like. Uh, no, I don't. Not to, I don't want to get blue here, but I don't like other hands on them either. No, same. Um, I, I don't like them. Be- and I, I would rather the, have them removed. The pure reason is because I. You want to get deep with me? You, people have said that I'm not candid enough on the podcast. Uh, have they? Oh uh, yeah, I get emails. Uh, <laughs> you get postcards. Postcards from Robert Fuller. Yeah. Like, Tell me more about your nuts, Max. Postcards from Robert would be a good name for a show or like a book. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Actually, can I just mention, while mm, talking about Robert, mm, I ended up um, kind of by happenstance mm-hmm. in a bar in fucking Oh, how deep. fucking funny was that? I ended up in I a was, bar. Please just punch with that situation. Ended up in a bar in deep Culver City with <laughs> Max and Robert. Yeah. I'm not even sure if it was Culver City. I have no idea where the was fuck that was. Inglewood, yeah. I think we were in Inglewood. So territory. as you can imagine, this is like a it's like a real proper dive bar. Like it's barely even yeah. decorated. It's like this isn't a cutesy hipster this, dive no, bar. No, this is a proper dive bar. And as you can imagine from the location, almost entirely black people. More than almost. I, I mean, the only ones black. who weren't were us. Yeah, and it ruled. And, and honestly, I, I said to you at the time, yeah. I was like, I have never felt whiter. Yeah. Than not only being in a in a yeah. bar entirely full of black people. But also being sat at a table with Max and Robert Fuller discussing the musical Cats, and also actresses who may or may not have been in the show Dallas. Yeah, I mean we were like, it was, and the they thing. were dressed the same as well. Like you yeah. were both wearing the same colored shirt and the yeah. same colored pants. Yeah, sitting across the table talking about fucking Dallas. Here's the thing about like, me and I Robert: when me here. and Robert, <laughs> when me and Robert go at each other, like when we get in the same room, or just even have a one-on-one conversation, it's. I mean, fully autistic. Like it. It is just like it was pretty bad. Yeah. It is literally just the conversation is just like, oh, look at that Batman pinball machine. I used to like the '66 Batman. Did you watch that? Yeah, I liked Batgirl. Oh, I liked Batgirl too because the motorcycle went across the credits. Oh yeah, <laughs> who played Batgirl? Uh, I don't know. Well, Julie Newmar played Catwoman. Well, three women played Catwoman. Who are the three women who played Catwoman? Well, in the movie, and it was just like fucking just as many names as you could fit into a conversation absolutely and Sean haram. looks like yeah. he wants to put a gun in his mouth and I'm having the time of my life honestly I mean I love just naming shit uh, that's you know, a whole like we were left we were me. left alone and shit but it's almost like trivia with no question but this was also like yeah. it was a dive bar in a in a strip mall right next to like a kind of bumping club yeah, like you know, an urban, like, cl- an urban like club, a proper and a urban club. We were between. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you know you had some like hangers on from that club filtering into that yeah. bar and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, if anyone's getting in fucking trouble tonight, because like some dive bars are sketchy at the best of times. Yeah, this was especially. So sketchy, yeah. No, it turned out like yeah. very, very calm, very, very nice vibe in there, but. For a little while, I was like, uh, if anyone overhears this conversation, well, would we're going to get picked on. You know? uh, it was fine. You know, because I understand because you walk in and the floors are stained. 
The walls oh, are yeah, stained. Oh, yeah, it's a gross place. It was awesome, <laughs> it was though. I'd go back. Place. I'd go back. Yeah, but Next I time I'm in that area, I'm going to go back to that bar because... I think it was called Lealoha, right? It was called Lealoha. Which is also a, mislead, a misleading fucking name. It was name. nothing sounds tropical like a, about sounds it. Sounds like a tiki bar or something. Even a little bit. It's called Lealoha, but it's basically like a converted... I, I would imagine it used to be some kind of like shitty store. It fucking ruled. Yeah. It, 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 the drinks were cheap as shit. Yeah, I think And we're so. talking heavy pours. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched this guy. He goes and he orders... This guy who was just kind of dancing by himself alone around this bar, which is not a dance club, uh, but with a drink in his hand, just kind of feeling himself, having a great having a great Saturday night. And he fucking... Uh, yeah. And he just... He, he was in line in front of me at the bar. Not even a crowded bar, but only one bartender. And he's like, vodka cranberry. She pours basically a whole glass of vodka, like a drink-sized glass, not a shot glass, yeah, yeah, yeah. of vodka on ice, and then a, a splash of enough cranberry juice to make it red when you stir it. Yeah. Like, when she splashed it, it didn't even go all the way down but until that's she what, stirred like, it. Those kind of dives in general are like yeah. that. Because, honestly, it doesn't cost them that much, and it gets them some pretty good alcoholic regulars. And and, so here's, the the best thing about, is, and here's the thing that's amazing about it, though, that you're not going to get at the Fox Fire Room. What's that? Is he goes, how much is this? And she goes, four fifty. Yeah. I'm like, that's fucking nuts. There's a, a place... Um, you live in North Hollywood still, so there, there's a mm-hmm. place called Michael's on Oxnard Street. I don't know if you ever went there. No. It was down the road from the, an apartment I used to live in. Like, really shitty area. And it's yeah. a shitty dive bar. Yeah. But um, there, similarly, they just have free food all the time. Yeah. They also just have food that someone's made and brought in. Yeah. And so you can go there, play darts, and fucking drink really cheap. And they forget your drinks all the time. They forget to put it on the tab all the time. They're just yeah. like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Because it's basically, it's almost like a, you know, I would assume they own the space and here's the they're thing. just hanging out every night. And, the they, and also, yeah. here's the main thing. They open at 6 a.m. That That's rocks. genius. Well, same with Fox They must live there, right? I think, or at least nearby, yeah. Yeah. But the same with Fox Fire Room. They open at 6 a.m. because they know that they have a loyal fan base yeah. who, <laughs> who well, want to be there before work and after and, and during. I, I think also bars are such a fucking killing. Like, if you really think about it, even if they weren't buying these, th- I assume they get some kind of bulk or shipping discount. I assume they order direct from yeah, manufacturers. Yeah, they get, yeah, they get wholesale deals, yeah. Yeah, I see, exactly. That's what I meant to say. I'm sure they get wholesale deals. Even if they were buying at retail. Mate, get your foot out of the fucking beers. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's got like his fucking sock just in with all the beers. I'm like, <laughs> caressing them. You're right. I mean, that was that Justin was wrong fucking man. I won't defend myself on that one. But even if they were buying retail. Which is why you see, like, when you go to shows, like immersive theater shows and just general, like, low-budget theater shows, and motherfuckers are selling beer illegally in the front of the show, but, like, you know, suggested mandatory right. donation of $5 for yeah, a beer or whatever. Yeah. You think about it, they bought that 30-pack at Costco for twenty six ninety nine, and they're selling it for $5 a bottle, and that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? $5 for a bottle of beer outside a show is not bad. I'll buy two. You know what I mean? So right. like, it's a fucking killing. Yeah. So they is. can afford to just give motherfucking. They especially if, like you said, if it's in a shit area where their rent is probably like twenty two hundred dollars a month for a fucking retail space or something. Yeah. No, you probably made decent money doing that. Have you ever had a customer service experience that was almost so bad that you have to kind of commend it? Where like you call them on a mistake, which I never do anyway, and like. And they're like, yeah, I did that. 
What you're almost like you're the one who's wrong. You're mm-hmm. fucking have. I mean, I know you have because I've witnessed you have it. Yeah, I fucking ordered a pizza. I had to get somewhere that evening, and I only had like ninety minutes. And I, but I really just wanted a pizza and wings from delivery. And I'm there with my girlfriend trying to have a good old time. And this fucking pizza takes so long to get there. And when they get they get there, Sean. Instead of barbe- instead of fucking instead of fucking regular ass pizza, they'd replace the marinara sauce with barbecue sauce, Sean. Yeah, that sounds bad. Don't fucking t- tune out on me, I'm bro. I'm sorry, I have to tune out because not only well, <laughs> two different, three different things. There are yes. three different elements to yes. why I'm, I'm yes. I, why I lost interest in that story. First of all, it's about pizza and <laughs> fast food. Go on. Secondly, you're now you've moved on from putting your socked. <laughs> my own you've moved on from putting your socked foot in among the beers, and now you're just using your right hand to. You've removed the sock, and now you're just caressing your bare foot. Uh, with that hand, and now I'm gonna have to be like, you know, kind of CSI, thinking where does that hand go? <laughs> I'm and about what, to go piss and then wash my hands. Well, yeah, what do I what do I need it. to disinfect after we're done here? <laughs> like, is he gonna use that hand on the mic and stuff like that? And then um, thirdly, uh, I I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the podcast, but there was just a very loud belch in between those uh, <laughs> somewhere in the middle of that story. There's just a belt. I'm just like, God, who am I fucking dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck am I dealing with? I'm sorry. I know it's distracting, but I maybe that's the autism in me. But I definitely get distracted uh, by you'd get distracted so many easily, different things going on. Yeah. But look at me sitting here. I'm sitting here. I've got my shoes on. You're fully I'm sitting, focused. Yeah. I, my legs are crossed. I've been in the same position since we started, more or less. Well, Sean, I've and got I'm, more podcasting years under my belt than you. I'm I'm, a, I'm kind of a seasoned vet. At didn't this. you say this is the most successful podcast you've done? <laughs> look, it doesn't mean I you? haven't been talking into a mic for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, either way, yeah, maybe I do get easily distracted, but... I mean, look, dude. fucking Christ. Do you want to get some fucking Brendans after this? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, let's do that. Let's fucking wrap this up nice and early. Wrap this up at at 23 minutes, and I don't know how much I'm going to have to cut already. (laughs) Yeah, let's just make it a short and sweet one. (laughs) No, no, no. What we should do is we should get back on topic, because we started, like, we got sidetracked by Robert Fuller, and then dive bars, and then you started talking about pizza, and that's when I know that we're going into dangerous territory. Yeah. So why don't we just get back to testicles? You were trying to make a point there. And do you remember what that point is? The point initially was... I don't like having them touched because... Well, people say that you're not candid enough Oh, the th- wow, you're fucking right. good. Uh, no, see, if we're talking about something I remember... Yeah. <laughs> and and then the, reason I don't, the reason I don't like it is because I am a lifelong sort of uh, anxiety case. But mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I've learned to control it in various ways. But one of my main uh, manifestations of anxiety is hypochondria. Right. So uh, extreme, like to where I've lost entire nights of sleep over trying to Google, like my throat is clicking when I swallow. Does this mean I have throat <laughs> cancer? You and know? it always like, does if you Google it. It, so- it sounds yeah. funny, but it's like it, no, no, but it, it always- caused me severe. Well, like, no, but the, yeah. inter- the internet's really, really bad for that because oh, yeah. literally anything you type in and can and usually will, uh, one of the first results will be something cancerous or otherwise pretty yeah. severe and i don't know i know there's such a thing as obsessive thoughts disorder yeah. i'm not one of 
those type of people who likes to give myself diagnoses. So I don't think I probably have no, it you strong can, enough. You can get that but, from from working yourself up with the help of yeah. You know, if I'm upset yeah. about something, I can only Google it over and over. Like nah, if I'm unsure, of, like if I get a job offer and I'm unsure about what the money will kind of provide me, I will spend day in and day out running the same calculations over and over. Like okay, so if I get 35 hours a week, then at this rate, and then. 0.83 to account for taxes, and then I do that times four, times 12, and then I, well, what are my monthly expenses, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that and is a little obsessive. It's actually. extremely yeah, obsessive, yeah. and I'll run the same calculations multiple times. Okay. However, what this is all leading up to is the reason I don't like having my testicles touch is because I'm so afraid of testicular torsion? cancer. Oh, cancer, right. <laughs> I'm so afraid I'm, I have torsion, and I just haven't noticed Well, no, I, I thought that might be the reason you don't like them being touched. Oh, I'm afraid that they're, they're going to twist them while they're down Yeah, there? testicular torsion, yeah. if you don't know, is uh, <laughs> when a testicle essentially gets strangled by the tubes. Because like, uh, especially if you're a lady, you won't... Uh, you, you, Presumably, don't have any experience of owning testicles and yeah. knowing what they—they it is a bag full of wires and tubes and fucking like two uh, big things that are extremely sensitive. It's not clean down there. It's horrible. Like, yeah, like it is genuinely horrible to feel. That's why I don't like self-examining. I yeah. I try and do it once every couple of months, but it fucking I absolutely hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. Because it is, it's a bag of tubes and yeah. When stuff. I say clean, and also yeah. not only that, they have a huge potential to go wrong. Yeah, they're kind of, it's kind of like the equivalent of breasts on girls, but yeah. they almost everything can go wrong with them. And honestly, what they provide isn't really worth it. It's like if it weren't for you know hormonal problems and stuff like that, I would just have them removed. Yeah, I would totally have them removed. There's when no I- you know there's there's no real need to have them. And especially, is they're also a perfect argument against intelligent design, right? Mm-hmm. They have to hang low outside of the body uh, to stay cool for sperm production, but they are also the most sensitive part of your body, and uh, they don't have any protection. You you might argue they that... Don't, why don't they have like a rib cage or something? Well, you might argue that it is extremely intelligent that your body is designed to know that your body... Okay, so essentially... For sperm, it's it's an interesting. It's like a double sided argument because an intelligent design I know what you're going to say. Say, well, your body is smart enough to have a complex mechanism where it knows that whatever is called spermatogenesis or whatever. But that's the like fuck. selling. That's like selling a fucking iPhone and being like, oh well, in order to operate properly, it needs to be this temperature. So you're also going to have to keep it in this fucking exactly. ice pack. But we're smart because yeah. we figured that out. But we, right, we yeah. figured out the problem. It's like no, it, the genuinely is- intelligent design would be like, oh well, either we make it so the sperm don't need to be produced at that temperature. Or we at least give it like a protective mechanism, like a like a skull. Like imagine like a little skull for your ballsack. Yeah, that would be perfect. But the, you don't have it, and also they just get cancer all the time. The body is uh, uh, by intelligent design standards, the body is insanely convoluted. It's convoluted. Yeah. yeah. So it all makes sense. It and is it's all desi- pretty sophisticated, but it's extremely convoluted. Exactly. Like, there's no reason. And there, that- you could definitely streamline a lot of it. Right, because if you're the, like, if you're like, look, by accident, spermatogenesis occurs at 96 degrees instead of 98 degrees. So those of us who were born with mutations that have our balls further down and then eventually evolved, that's like, yeah, it's convoluted, but that's because it all happened by accident. My, my balls are pretty further down. I mean, how? how what are your balls like? Do well, you, do you have those taut ones? Well, you know, no, the, well, your balls change. 
depending on how hot it is because yes and if no it's cold there out, is no yeah yeah that's but, the whole point no they do but there's yeah. a there's still a general state for each individual person's balls a bit, like, a bit like about my nuts well no a bit like a bit yeah. like dicks too because dicks also by the way at, at least um flaccid i would make it i would make a case for a wreck too i've had different size of everything i think at various points um your balls change too like but some people have a there's a default state anyway it's like some people have ones that are very very taut and very very high up so the so the dick kind of like rests on them like a little like a like something sitting on a cushion and it kind of points out yes and then others have low hangers which allows the dick to kind of hang as well Mm. and uh kind of swing a little bit Mm. that's more what i've got um daniel radcliffe harry potter Mm is uh, at least the most notable case I remember. I saw him in a play called Equus where he appeared nude. At mm-hmm. age 17, by the way, cancelled. Uh-oh. Yeah. That so, horse so- is fucking cancelled. <laughs> no, but he appears nude in that, and he has, like, uh, what I would say looks like a fairly small penis, or maybe like an average penis, but he's on stage. I get it. Like, I'm the same. If, if I'm performing in front of other people, my dick is not impressive either. But... um enormous nutsack enormous full nutsack so he had this kind of small dick but it was like rested on these gargantuan bollocks I like that yeah it was kind of cool whereas mine are really not like that mine hang they almost like you know like almost like what you'd imagine old man balls to be like they're Mm -hmm. a little bit like that you know I have to put them in a fucking like ponytail when I get out of the shower yeah yeah yeah. let them dry Mm -hmm. you know ha 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 yeah but yeah, I mean, you, Max is getting uncomfortable. With yeah, this the testicle humor, you know, it's not humor. I'm talking no, about. No, you're right. You're right. No, I, this, I just this, got my. I, I just learned it. a lot about balls. So yeah, it's well, kind of, I, you know what it is on my mind at the moment. You know what it is. I had a real spell when I was about 16, where I thought I had nut cancer. Yeah. And I learned a lot about balls because I was obsessively Googling what are the signs of testicular mm-hmm. cancer. My testicles hurt kind of low level consistently. What might that be? I, I, I get that too. Yeah. yeah. And they it, say it, you'll lose. I lost a summer many. to it. I lost a summer to it. Like I just stayed inside all fucking day and night yeah. just Googling shit until eventually my dad, who like is almost refuses to go to doctors. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the guy who fucking broke his leg. Did I ever tell you about that story? No, stay on track for a okay. second. Uh, yeah. Who refused to go to doctor until he finally broke down and took me to a doctor. It's the only time my dad's ever taken me to a doctor uh-huh. because I was bothering him so much about how I thought I had testicular cancer. <laughs> bothering your dad about it? Yeah. Well, he's, he, I was staying <laughs> with my dad. You, it was the summer. Do nuts ever hurt? I was like, Dad, I, th- I think I have cancer. I think I felt a lump. I feel a lump. He's like, it's probably your epididymis. And I was yeah. like... No, it's a, it's the real deal. There's the, no, it's gone. We're going, and he was like, "You're you're fine. You're fine." And then he was like making jokes. He's like, "It's probably growing pains," and I was like, "You're not fucking funny, Dad. I'm <laughs> dying of cancer down here." Yeah, but also, I mean, I think part of that comes from, um, at, at least in my experience, that's the kind of the cancer the at our age mm-hmm. from age like. 13 until about 30 probably that's the one that they tell us to really really watch out for because yes. apparently it's most common in people Young between men. like 15 and 30 yeah, yeah. that's what the one that we really need to watch out for later it becomes prostate, prostate and uh, colon and stuff like yeah. that but so yeah not only are we told that they have cancer oh sorry that they're vulnerable to cancer but also they just feel like if you just put your mind to it you can like feel 
without moving, you can feel yeah. your balls and you I can yeah. mentally just feel, oh, well, they maybe they don't feel right. Maybe yeah. they, oh, do they ache a little bit? Are they bigger than they used to yeah. be? Yeah, exactly. They're and cancers? that's the other thing yeah. is you can't, t- I mean, that's what they asked me in all my dot spawn. It's like, oh, do, do they seem like they grow? Does one seem bigger than the other or yeah. was one uh, got more firm? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. They seem to change all the time. I have no idea whether they're bigger or firmer than they used to be sometimes they are sometimes they're not so yeah it's pretty easy to get into a yeah. bit of a mental state over I, it. I learned the whole thing uh torsion epididymitis cancer urethritis anything that can make your balls feel a little bit bad i i, yeah. I learned about i learned about all the the epididymis the vas deferens the sperm the spermatic cord uh-huh. like the fucking uh the vas deferens like did well, i say you- that one already uh, I think you did, yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, the other thing about them is that, well, mine. I, I think this is unusual. I think it's pretty rare. But I will get you know that kind of um, that ache that you get, and it feels like it could be one, it could be both, could be yeah. either or. I get that every time I'm about to get uh, like a cold. Every time I'm about to get sick with something, mm-hmm. I get that feeling for like a day or two before. Maybe there's lymph nodes down there. That's yeah. She yeah. said. Uh, so I actually spoke to the urologist today about that because I was like, yeah, that's sort of been a thing. I'll be convinced I must have cancer for a couple of days, but then I'll go, and it's usually I notice a pattern. Mm-hmm. I'll get that, and then I'll have a cold or something. And she said, yeah, there are lymph nodes in not in your testicles, but around your groin, and that whole area kind of feels like one thing you know you can't quite tell where any specific pain is coming from so uh yeah i I get that pain all the time and i remember a friend of ours and maybe i won't name him in case for whatever reason that's private to him but he was having exactly the same thing he was like "Ah, there's just this like pain and um sure enough i said i said to him yeah you know it might be that you're getting sick two days later he had a cold and then once the cold went, the ball pain went away too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as complicated. I know generally women's bodies are a little bit more complicated than men's, but we got some fucking shit going on. Did too. you see a urologist or just a GP? I I had to see uh, I had to see a GP. Then I had to get labs done. Then I had to see a urologist. Wow. So yeah. your labs were concerned. I mean, like they my labs were fine. They felt you up, and they were concerned enough that they ordered lab work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they felt me up, and he I, he was like, oh, I think I see what you mean. And, uh, yeah, it's obviously concerning enough. But also, this is America where the healthcare system, they just thought, oh, well, we'll send you to as many f- fucking things as, yeah. uh, as we want to. He basically said that you can't tell from uh, any kind of hands-on exam. Oh, God. Yeah, so I literally, literally, oh, while, he's, God. while he's feeling my fucking nuts... Like he's got, he's got his fucking hand on my nuts, and he's like, this "Yeah, you know, this is fun. all basically not for anything. This is really for fun, more yeah, than anything." Yeah, I'm gonna send you to a urologist. I'm like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" All right. So yeah, I mean, I had to get a big scan on my balls, but it turns out that they're fine. So that's a blessing and a curse, you know. I'd kind of, I wouldn't mind having my balls removed. I would like that if there was a way you could do it so that you still, you know, you still have your, uh, you know, libido and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then I would totally do it. Why not? Same with teeth. Teeth are too much trouble. If if you could just get them removed and replaced with artificial teeth that Man, that'd be cool. exist and they're fine and they don't have problems, you don't have to brush them. They're always that'd white. be great. You know, but the then again, the cavity lo- on your front tooth, like I do. But the logical yeah. uh, conclusion of all of that is yeah, just become artificial. You know, become a robot. Right. Anyway, so somehow we got from talking about our balls to talking about fucking 
Joe Rogan. I mean, literally, that <laughs> is the Joe Rogan fucking podcast. Yeah, right? I know. And it's so fucking so I shameful. Fucking, I went down to LA and I fucking was scanning my nuts. And then I got to thinking about, like, fucking, what would. What would it be like if a volcano fully erupted in the middle of LA? It'd be fucking chaos, bro. <laughs> Mountain lions would take over again. Yeah, I'm man. just saying. Did you hear that Joe Rogan had Bernie Sanders on his podcast? I yeah, I would never he, watch that. He gets <laughs> amazingly huge guests. Not that like Bernie Sanders is like the uh, like, but like he's got. He's like, an amazingly huge podcaster. That's what you I yeah. think about it. Yeah. I mean, like he's had he's is he the most successful. He's running the goddamn whole Democratic. Fuck. He's had Tulsi Gabbard. He's had Bernie Sanders. He's had Andrew Yang. A it couple is kind of weird that I, I think I've said this before, but I think uh, future generations will see him as kind of like a oh yeah, you know, really like a cultural. It'll be a cultural icon. He's, he's this generation. Yeah. It's fucked up, but he's it's so fucked up. He's this generation's Charlie Rose, the guy from Fear Factor and the Man Show, and and not the- even even like a little bit more than Charlie Rose because Charlie Rose it would always be a very like dry yeah very dry like nothing controversial said you know pretty standard talk show type stuff but joe rogan you know he's getting very i mean imagine a podcast that's had both milo yiannopoulos and fucking bernie sanders on it yeah you know like how i think milo has some excellent points and then in between that like some mma fighter with brain damage <laughs> or the fucking you know eddie bravo and bernie sanders are well, on the same yeah, podcast exactly this is the kind of world yeah. we're in now man like well, you can't nothing I, is too weird you know what other <laughs> show actually weirdly had this uh a show on e i want to say because who oh it's that one dude owns the e network the fucking andy what's his fucking name Joey Coco Diaz yeah. and Bernie Sanders <laughs> on the same podcast. Oh, well, you no, know, it's Mr. funny. Diaz, it's funny that you're talking about healthcare reform because one time I made up a story about <laughs> having heroin and going to the hospital and I had to pay for it. And I was like, oh, for, for the money I'm going to pay, I, I, could, I could basically just buy more heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. And Bernie Diaz. Sanders is like, okay, well, that sounds like you're... you're you're one of the the underclass, you know. Yeah. I can't do a fucking Bernie Mr. Sanders. Mr. Diaz, I enjoy your jokes about uh, beating up homosexuals for money, yeah. <laughs> even though I'm convinced they are entirely fictitious. I really like your farting on a hooker routine. <laughs> Dude, what is it with that Joey Coco? Is he just a professional liar? I think he is, but like yeah. because of Joe Rogan, who, let's be fair, uh, no matter what you say about Joe Rogan, his barometer for taste is pretty low. Like, yeah, no he doesn't have a very shit. good... I don't think he has a particularly good sense of taste. So he brought Joey on a lot of times early on, just being like, this guy is hilarious. And then you hear this guy talking, it literally is that guy in a bar who's fucking yeah. bragging about some blatantly fictional shit. Yeah. Uh, and Joe Rogan's just like, ah, fucking great, fascinating. Yeah. Every other guest... Because he used to bring him in often with other guests on. So it'd be someone trying to, you know, talk about their new show or their new book or whatever the fuck. And then Joey's just like there being like, did you ever tell you about the time I did heroin with fucking Ginger Lynn? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, oh, well, that's that's great, Joe. Joey, what's your name? (laughs) I I mean, like, apparently... Now so, we're talking about Joe Rogan. Well, yeah, oh, we're, we're not. We're not about, just talking I'll light talk Joe, about Rogan. Joe Rogan all day. Now we're talking about him again. Because well, apparently, like you know, he's kind of. Uh, I, I don't know if fairly, but he's kind of like gotten lumped in with just kind of like not alt right per se, but like he's a had, little. Yeah, he's had Gavin McInnes on, and he's had. <laughs> he's known for having. He's had some pretty. He's known for having there, yeah. no, not even no principles, but no opinions. 
whatsoever. Well, like, and, he and if you were just being... brings people on and goes, that's fucking interesting. That's really interesting. And that's the thing. Yeah. If you were being generous, which some, a lot of people are, you'd say, like, okay, he genuinely doesn't seem to have an agenda. He has people on from the far left and people on from the yeah. far right, and he he's not just creating a kind of echo just chamber. Just don't say anything about weed being bad. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, if you were being very generous, you could say he's not creating an echo chamber. And it's like, yeah, that's probably how it presents itself to some people. But if you actually watch him, it's like, no, it's not that, it's not that he has any agenda either way. It's that he's not smart enough. He's almost to, not listening. Like, yeah, he's basically not. He's thinking about Havelina. He has no critical skills. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has no critical faculties whatsoever. So he'd be like, yeah, I'll get that guy on. That's yeah. insane. And, yeah. uh,. I mean, fair play, you know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I mean, like, I will say... As like, my wife would say, hey, he's making a lot more money than you are. Yeah, that's fair. So, therefore... I mean, here's the thing. Jeffrey I Epstein don't, also. I don't hate it morally, per se. It is absolutely awful to listen to. Most of the time. it's Those shows are barbaric. They're, like, four hours long. Yeah. And look, maybe I'm, look. A lot of people are listening to this right now, being like, "I don't know." I'd yeah, exactly. Rather be listening to Joe Rogan than this fucking shit. Fucking but, glass houses should probably yeah. jerk off in the basement. But at the end of the day, I live in a glass house, and I'm jerking off in the living room. <laughs> jerking off right in the living room. <laughs> I'm jerking off against the glass in front of the gardeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just who I am. Yeah, man. Um, uh, let's move on from that, though. Yeah, I mean. You we know. had a, we had like a good testicular theme to this, and now yeah. we've moved on. We're talking about Joe Rogan, who looks like granted a looks like a testicle. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a kind of human testicle. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there isn't much else to say about balls. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't like. Well, I'll, I'll talking talk, about like nuts. For, for all the ladies out there, you know, just trust me. Not every. I know you see it in porn all the time. No weird kind of like ball fondling and fucking. Ball sucking stuff. Not every lad likes that. Well, not if they're in and often the often yeah. they're too polite to say. But yeah, not all of us like it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It's not that I'm afraid of torsion. It's that I'm just having them touched reminds me that they're potential cancer yeah, yeah, cancer yeah. holders. Yeah, I mean they are horrible to feel too. Like yeah. you got the little, weird little lumpy bits at the back where the I guess the epididymis kind of connects. Oh no, the epididymis connects at the top, but you got they're horrible. Dude. They're, they're fucking. One of the reason I grotesque. one of the reasons why body horror strikes me so much is because I am just legitimately disgusted by that. I mean, it's all based on a very human principle of that disconnect between your consciousness and your body, mm. which there is no actual difference between. Dick, Descartes was wrong. Let's get back into it. Joe <laughs> no, Rogan, baby. Fuck, come on. Let's move on from <laughs> this. fucking doing it. <laughs> well, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, pull, I'll, 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 pull a, I'll pull a fucking Joe Rogan diversion right there and go, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Body fucking bra- Did you ever see that BME Pain Olympics? Oh. No, <laughs> Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> this is <laughs> if you don't remember bma do you remember you know in the it seems like a quaint time now but the 2000s the noughties as some people call them right 2000 to like 2010 you'd get these kind of like shock videos on the internet that weren't they didn't feature murder you know it wasn't people getting their fucking no those Actually, were I guess more innocent the, days. Those were more innocent, you know, so stuff like Blue Waffle, which is just a photo of a diseased vagina. Tub yeah. Girl, which is just wholesome fun. Lemon Party, which I think is a genuinely sweet image. It is sweet. 
You're, yeah, people, old lads we, having a good time. I never even thought that was a shocking. I came across it randomly, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." And like, yeah, that's about it. But then I realized people were sharing it around, trying to like gross you out. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like these three old guys just blowing yeah, each other. They're having never, a great time. That one never bothered me. They're just having good fun. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And then, uh, but one of them was BME Pain Olympics, which I thought was real, and it turns out it's not. But that's a man cutting off his Pain, pain. Olympics. Isn't real? No, apparently it's a fake video. Get the fuck out of town. Yeah. It looks real. That's amazing. It looks real for sure, yeah. So it's like it's two it's kind of two separate videos, right? It's one cutting his dick off and then one kind of like uh dissecting his balls like a frog. Oh no. Yeah, you haven't seen it? Of course I haven't seen it. Oh, I thought you had. You you made it sound like you had. Dude, I was there was You wanna watch it? I don't. There was it's not time, that bad, you'll be fine. There was a time in my life when I couldn't look at Gore without passing out. Mm. I mean, we've heard the story about me passing out during sex ed. Yeah, learning So about I'm a sperm. fainter. I'm a fucking fainter. You're a fucking fainter. You need like a fainting couch? As recently as... Yeah, I need a chaise I'll, lounge. I'll bring, I'll bring a fucking chaise lounge. I used to own a chaise lounge, lounge, dude. I'll bring one into the, uh, into the studios here. Yeah, I Just fucking... So if, in case I ever God, say anything to... I would to... love that shit. I would love that. Just a fucking lounge. Just to rub your feet I'd eat, on. I'd eat grapes. Rub, your rub my feet on the feet. walls. Yeah, hell yeah. White I love fucking a chaise lounge. onto it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. That could that could be a fun podcast, though. Going through all those old shot videos that you never saw. I want to be like a rich girl and fucking find myself in Europe. Why can't we ever do okay. that type of podcast? Where if I get to do the, something fun. If you have the instead of instead of being told I'm autistic and fucking looking at dicks getting cut up. Why you know can't what? We do that. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I I edit the podcast and then I don't really listen to them. But sometimes I listen to them in the car because it's a different sound system. Yeah. And sometimes I can hear or edits or audio problems that I hadn't noticed before. Uh huh. And I listened back through like the last three uh, over the past week or so. And yeah, man, I, I'm a fucking bully, dude. What do you mean? I'm really mean to you. Oh no! no I didn't no. realize it until I That's listened back, and it's usually because I'm drunker than you, and like you know, drunk and English equals a little bit boisterous sometimes, right? But also, I'm just kind of like sat here, like looking at you. Uh-huh. And like, you know, you got your feet out. Like, <laughs> I'm hanging out, doing sweat all kinds dripping of stuff. off the feet. And- <laughs> if anyone had a video, they would be on Sean's side 100 percent of the time. <laughs> uh, That's kind of what I think. I'm uh, often uh, acting yeah. the fool. No, I don't. know. I remember. I remember we. So we were doing this for. You know, 10 or so episodes before we got Rachel in on one. Uh, and I used to occasionally, you know, come back from doing one and she'd be like, oh, how'd it go? And I'd be like, oh, you know, he fucking diverts, dude. Like, he fucking <laughs> talks about all kinds of shit. And, and she's like, you know, Rachel's pretty like, well, you just need to, you know, maybe you need to make it more interesting or make it more relatable for yourself, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. you don't understand. Then she got brought in uh-huh. on after one episode with you. She was like, what is it with him talking about fucking sodas? <laughs> <laughs> so it's what not, it's not that I don't understand think, is that that's the magic of the show. It's not. Dude, I mean, well, it's, <laughs> so it's not that I think it's not that I think I'm, um, you know, that yeah. I think I'm especially unreasonable that most people might not side right. with me or whatever the fuck. But listening back, I am just like, God, yeah, I am just bringing this guy on. I'm being like, yep, you may be autistic. Let's find out. <laughs> I'm like the like Carl that. Pilkington. And a little, fucking yeah, Stephen Merchant you know. and Ricky Gervais in one. Yeah, that, yeah. And it left a little, honestly, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Oh. Listening back to those last two episodes, I was like, you know, that I don't like that Sean guy. Sure, this guy is fucking autistic, but... <laughs> 
Give him a break. You know, let him talk about his fucking... I think uh, I think we have a dynamic. <laughs> I think we have a dynamic that it works. It's a classic comedy dynamic. It's kind of like a Laurel it's and... An odd a, couple. A, a Laurel and... Yeah, it's a Odd couple an dynamic. Odd couple. Mark, Mark that, and Jeremy from Peep Show. I, yeah. I think that's... Well, I don't know which one I am. Uh, actually, I'm not sure either. I think I'm... I think You're probably I'm, more like Mark, but then I'm more I, like ident- Mark. I identify more with Mark than Jeremy, too. Uh, my yeah. wife my, randomly the other day. My wife's doing some strange. She, my wife's up to no good recently. Uh-oh. She's doing some fucking weird things, and I still can't figure out why they're happening. <laughs> what do you mean? She. So I was sitting here um, a few days ago, and suddenly I hear the theme tune or the the intro music and the intro dialogue. To uh, okay, well, no, a few things have happened. Mm-hmm. One time it was the Lars von Trier film. Okay. I came Which home one? and she's like, I watched Antichrist. That's a good movie. It is a good movie, but I'm like, if you know Rachel, it's like it's not the kind of movie that would normally right. turn up on her radar. Like right. Rachel's lovely, but you know, her, her, one of her favorite movies is Step Brothers. You know, she she really likes kind of talks about Step Brothers more than any other movie. She I've loves ever heard it. Her talk she about. can recite it line for line. I wonder like, if it's the only movie she's ever seen. Sometimes because she no, really talks I mean, about it a lot. She's seen a lot, and I show yeah. her movies and stuff yeah. like that. And I think pr- probably the reason she watched Antichrist was because a long time ago I watched The House That Jack Built, and uh-huh. she liked it. And I told her who the director was and the other films yeah. he made. So randomly, she's watched that suddenly, and then. The other night I was in here and I just suddenly, I'm in my office and she's in the bedroom and I suddenly hear fucking Alan Partridge's voice. Uh-oh. And I'm like, what the fuck? Alan Partridge is played by an actor called Steve Coogan. Um, people know Steve Coogan. I don't know. I, I still, I'm he's not sure. A-lister. In America, I'm not sure. I don't know how many people are familiar with him. He's at least him. a B-lister. Certainly not someone who would generally cross over into Rachel's radar. No. Uh, and it, I went in and I'm like, what the fuck? And she's watching The Trip. With uh, great movie with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, yeah, but not a movie that really lends itself to someone who, admittedly, Rachel's cultural like pop culture references are fairly minimal. Like there are some movies that you think everyone's heard of that she's never heard of, and sure. actors that she can't name and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, right, this is a movie where it's two British comedy people playing themselves and yeah. referencing their own work all the yeah. time. So not only is it British and not American, but also it's, it's fairly obscure even for a lot of British people, mm-hmm. I think. And she's watching it, and I'm like, that's fucking weird. Anyway, long story short, I was in there and I watched a little bit of it again with her, and I was like, it's like me and Max. This fucking dynamic that oh, they yeah, have. I'm like Rob Brydon. You're Rob Brydon, like right. Coogan. That's yeah. what I said. And she was like, no, I think Max is more like Steve Coogan. What? In this, <laughs> if you haven't seen that. the trip, the by, the, by the way, I, I recommend the trip. It's fun. Um, you like the, some people are like series purists, and because it's the same the movie, the, it's the same thing cut together. Yeah, it's the same thing. The yeah. movie is uh, the series that essentially. Fuck. I think some people thought of, it was a hatch job. A hatchet job. It, it, it's not bad. It works. Right. Like, I've, I've seen the movie version as well. I've as never the, seen the series. I've only seen the movie. But I liked the movie it a kinda, lot. The I mean, trip it, to it, Italy sucked. It, it works both ways. But the I, liked tri- the I like bits of the trip to Italy. The trip to Spain is the one to avoid. That's a really poor one. Is that a third one? Yeah. Yikes. That one has one of the strangest endings. Is I've the ever trip seen. Michael Winterbottom? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's another. You know, I could throw him on that, um, that popcorn chair. Oh yeah, slightly, you like him a lot. slightly unusual director who I like a lot. Yeah, I think he does some Did really interesting work. Did you see that movie, work. The Look of Love? I think he, no. Was that him? I I don't even know. I honestly haven't seen. I certainly haven't seen everything he's ever made. But yeah. the movies I have seen are interesting to say the least. Like Twenty Four Hour Party People, he made with Steve Coogan playing 
Tony Wilson, who's a real life guy who actually my family knew. He's he died now, but he was the guy who founded the Hacienda and kind of came up with that scene in Manchester in the early 80s he founded he kind of essentially founded joy division and then oh, okay. the happy mondays and like stuff the like goth that scene kind of not really it wasn't so much a golf scene it was more almost like a like a kind of club scene okay the hacienda was this kind of club this like music club but that i, I guess came more with new order and the happy mondays and stuff like that okay. but um anyway really important guy and uh, he made a really good kind of fourth wall breaking movie with steve coogan playing that guy called 24 hour party people i suggest it um really okay. good movie and then he made a cock and bull story with rob Ryden and steve coogan also playing themselves and that's again a very meta kind of narrative where yes. it's like they're making a movie based on a book that exists but that one really is funny because it really does touch into such a like a ubiquitous piece of like widespread cultural dilettantism where everyone pretends to have read like steve coogan mm. summarizing tristram shandy yeah, and hitting yeah, yeah. the talking points that ever it was postmodern before there was any modern to be yeah. post about and then like not even gradually, but quickly revealing that he's never actually read it. Right. Like, and that that's happens, a very uh, funny thing. That happens yeah. in the trip as well, uh, quite often. Because mm-hmm. uh, if, if you don't know the trip, the idea... I mean, they were TV series in America. They got released as movies, sort of edited down. Yeah. Um, and it's about Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon being hired by The Guardian to do kind of like wine and dining uh, themed trips. So I think the first one is based on... Actually, you know, uh, to, to be honest, I don't remember who the first one is based on. The, the second one is like the romantic poets in Italy, so like Byron and Shelley and people like that. Who's the first one based on? I, I can't remember, but That's it is someone right. there. I it's someone they're kind of that. following. I, yeah. for some reason, want to say it's Byron, but that can't be right if it's also Byron. I think in that's Spain. in more in Italy. No, it's someone else. But because they, they could, talk about like, yeah, they stayed yeah. here, they stayed here. Mm. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, but quite often, what gets revealed is the you know. Like you see Rob Ryden in his room at night, like rehearsing a kind of factoid or rehearsing, <laughs> rehearsing a that. line. He's reading a book uh, about whoever it is, and he's rehearsing a line. And then the next day, when he's with Steve Coogan, he'll like bring it up. So they're kind of trying funny. to impress each other. And the, it, I mean, the thing about their dynamic, which is really cool, is that they're always trying to one up each other in, yes. in in various ways. Yeah. And even though Steve Coogan's the more famous one and the more financially successful yeah. and uh, critically successful one, uh, Rob Ryden sometimes seems happier than him. <laughs> sometimes. And also, yeah. <laughs> not, but in the trip to Italy, that gets subverted a little bit. Oh, but okay. also, uh, it also shows that Steve Coogan's in a weird way jealous of some of Rob Ryden's things. Yeah. There's a really good thing in the first trip where he's trying to, Rob Ryden has a stupid fucking thing that he's kind of famous for, yeah. which is the little man in a box voice. Yeah. Sorry, you got I mean, I can't do yeah. it, but he basically talks very quietly and from inside his diaphragm, and it makes it sound like a man trapped in a box. And there's a really good bit in the trip, because Steve Coogan's always like, yeah, well, you know, that's hacky. That's fucking, you know, yeah. that's a dumb, crude, broad bit. Yeah. But then you see him in his hotel room at night trying to do it in the mirror, <laughs> like trying really yeah. hard to try and copy it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, enough about that. But... But yeah, a little bit like me and you. <laughs> well, that it dynamic. is. But They're it's saying also it like doing it is impressions how, to each it other. It's interesting how relative dynamics are. Because like, there, it, and this has always been the case with me. Like, to many people, I am like, I am the Steve Coogan, I would say. Like, I'll bet you if you asked my girlfriend, she would be like, yeah, he's like the Steve Coogan. And she's like the Rob Bryden. 
You know well, what I mean? Where she's yeah, like... Yeah, but a, I think specifically saying Shauna Mace, right? Like exactly. That's what I'm to, saying. Yeah. She would... You think... Uh, no, 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 no. With her, with her. With her. So, like... With her. That's what sure, I mean. It's right. like... It's so interesting how your dynamic... I mean, I guess that's... It's not that interesting because that's the definition of a fucking dynamic. That's what dynamics are. <laughs> <laughs> Context means everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Never mind. In dynamics. Fuck it. <laughs> nah, fuck this, man. Fuck that train of thought. For that train of thought. Speaking of uh, fucking trains of thought. Yeah. What a segue Autistic that was. Autistic people love trains. Did you see, <laughs> <laughs> did you see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I did. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? No. No? Not at all? No, I wouldn't say not at all, but... Uh, I'm I, lukewarm on it, but... I think it is his, all of his worst impulses. I think Actually, I think he avoids a few of them. I think, I think the dialogue isn't particularly uh, superfluous in this one. I don't find his dialogue to be one of his worst impulses. I oh, you like don't? His dialogue. Oh, sometimes. I, I think his uh, kind of meandering... I, I, think his, I think his pop culture worship, when it's excessively heavy-handed and distracting, yeah. is one of his worst impulses. Okay, yes, there's a lot of that in this. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. Honestly, it's not even yeah. pop culture. It's like it's pop culture. I it's mean, Hollywood. yeah, but it's it, literally Hollywood. It's Hollywood, but it's it's actually okay. It's no, not I, pop I culture. Dis- for today. I would disagree with that because it's mostly about a guy who is sort of always a TV actor, right? Like one of those goofy TV cowboy and fucking war hero type things who has sort of failed to catch up with with um with Hollywood, you know. But like, he's failed to. So most of the things he's referencing aren't things that people fondly remember. Like pop culture, it depends what you classify as pop culture. I guess pop culture is pop, pop like populist culture, like the shit that like the shit that the lowest common denominator liked at the time. Uh, That's yeah, what well, he yes, I know. You don't see him like I mean, with the exception of like Pulp Fiction and shit. He's not. He talks about it and he's knowledgeable about it, but like he's he not as re- he's not as into like the French New Wave as he is into like. Have no, you seen but- this series? Did you know that there were like monkey movies and there was a whole fucking sub well, sub genre no, of monkey but what, movies what like, I guess yeah. what I guess I mean by pop culture is like for example Buffy is a very uh, pop culture referential show you know like they, they constantly mention movies and stuff that they assume people have seen mm. and uh, in other Tarantino movies he's often talk, you know like there's a whole long bit in Kill Bill 2 about Superman which everyone's familiar with and yeah. stuff like that whereas um, then sometimes he'll reference stuff which Honestly, probably a lot of uh, his, at least his younger fans now, uh, have no familiarity with whatsoever. No, that's true. You know, like okay. 60s TV shows that yeah. aren't remembered, like by nature are not remembered. And that's kind of built into the plot. It's this actor who's kind of pissed off that he's on the downturn because he never quite made the transition into into movies right the thing is i guess what i mean i think we have maybe slightly different different definitions of pop culture i mean it's is, hard to define yeah he's referencing pop like populist culture culture that was kind of low class but i mean because it's a period piece, i know what you mean i know yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah. yeah 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 it may not be like yeah probably people don't watch bonanza anymore right or Gunsmoke, right, right or right. any of the number of shows that 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 particular like dalton what's the fucking guy's name dalton wilcox or whatever rick, i think it's rick dalton rick dalton i think is so. is uh is parodying but yeah. like or not parodying pastiching homaging whatever uh-huh. you want to say but like i don't want to get into 
Yeah, no, maybe popcorn not. buddies you know, hole right not. now. Yeah, let's. I don't know. Do I just thought it sucked nuts. I, I didn't think it sucked nuts. It, <laughs> it was didn't suck like, nuts, but yeah. also I think if it hadn't been Tarantino, if that had been like a new director, because it's, it's it's a little bit of a cult of personality with directors as sure. with any other art form. I mean, it's definitely important. musicians. Yeah. You know, like it's bands. Important. Yeah, there were some bands who I would not. I would certainly not like a song that i heard but because i know the band and i already am familiar with what they do i can be more forgiving of stuff we're a victim to it yeah total victim if but we didn't know rick alverson directed the mountain the mountain oh yeah I we don't probably know I wouldn't have thought about it that yeah. hard no but no no you're right trust the director's instincts we're yeah. saying like all right what's he trying to do but i think the same yeah. goes for someone like tarantino so if i'd seen that movie apropos of nothing i'd be like it's all over the place the pacing is fucking awful yeah it's got these weird bits where a narrator turns up for the first time 10 minutes in and then doesn't appear again until the end to drop some exposition in Mm -hmm. you know and like these flashbacks that go on so long that you forget they're even flashbacks i mean just kind of almost amateur filmmaking like really bad pacing and editing in that movie but that because it's tarantino you go oh well we trust him enough that we think it's purposeful so instead of going like what the fuck was that you go oh what what's he trying to do there or what's he mean yeah that happens that that has always been I guess I don't know his kind of his strength and his weakness to use a fucking very trite phrase. Yeah, but really. Like, no, it is because, and that's the thing it's, is it's both perhaps a strength and a weakness. <laughs> but it's true because when yeah. it works, it does fucking work really well. Like, sure, sure. I I love Inglorious Bastards. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty flawed movie. I know a lot of people don't love it as much as I do. It's but got I think, a lot of. Problems. I think probably popularly i'd say probably 70 percent of people agree that it's one of his best movies i know people like it, and i'm yeah. probably in that majority okay but like that is definitely one where like each scene is almost like its own little movie or whatever yeah but and this, this is kind of like that too it is like yeah. this but to me the the cohesion wasn't there the payoff wasn't there it no, felt because like i don't mind rule breaking but sometimes rule breaking can feel self indulgent. My favorite author, Kurt Vonnegut, notorious rule breaker. He talks in first person. He inserts his, like, he's a fucking, like, almost a bad author in a way. Mm-hmm. Cat's Cradle, Slaughterhouse Five, Breakfast of Champions. These are all books that are, he's, that are amazing. Because those are his instincts, he's also written really fucking shitty books like Slapstick and Galapagos and shit uh-huh. like that. Like, uh, and those books really do suck balls, and that's okay. But it's just because sometimes those instincts lead you to amazing places, and sometimes they lead you to self indulgence. Right. And it just depends on just kind of I don't know if you're on or something. I guess. Well, the the thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that really stood out to me was the, I mean, there were really actually there were a few comparisons I'd make with the Coen Brothers for this one, which is never something I would compare with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, blast for me to me because I think the clone. Well, usually I and usually flawless, I yeah. Well, usually I wouldn't compare them or think yeah. that Quentin Tarantino was particularly inspired by them. But there, I'll point them out to you. But I think there are quite a few similarities. I mean, obviously there are superficial similarities between Hell Caesar and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, in that they're both kind of like evoking a golden age of yeah. Hollywood, but in a kind of quirky way or in a kind of unusual way. You know. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That's they're love letters to classic Hollywood. Uh, I mean, John. yeah. To be absolutely <laughs> fair, that is kind of what they both are. Yeah. But the other thing that I felt was very similar between the two. I'm not a fan of Hail Caesar. I know you are. Um, it's amazing. It's one of their best movies. I yeah, I really didn't yeah. think so. Because the thing I came out of Hail Caesar feeling like that was a bunch of like, ideas the Coen Brothers had, and they were just they didn't fit into other movies. Uh-huh. It was like it's almost like a sketch show. 
there were there was the the actual connecting plot was very very elusive like it didn't oh, I, yeah. it didn't really work like many of those scenes could have existed completely outside of that plot and that's kind of what i felt like it was i felt like it was a bunch of scenes that they had or ideas that they had that didn't fit into other movies that they kind of put together under a framework of like old Hollywood type stuff. And it kind of felt the same with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There are so many scenes which go nowhere and have nothing really to do with anything else, but are very Tarantino-like scenes. There's this whole... I mean, quite often in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's actually recreating, you know, old TV shows or yeah. things like that. So he has a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio's character in a TV show is um, flamethrowing a bunch of Nazis. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That felt like something he probably wanted in Inglorious Bastards, but yeah, didn't manage to do it. So he put it in here. And it feels like a lot of that. And it was kind of the same with Hell Caesar. But on top of that, um, the other comparison I made between that movie and the Coen Brothers is, aside from its kind of like LA worship, which the Coen Brothers have done quite a few, like the Big Lebowski sure. especially, sure. I think has a lot of shots in the valley and shots sure. of like neon signs and things that are very identifiable to people who live here. Sure. You know, and that's one thing I did like about Once, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, was that it really went all over. There were so many places I completely recognized that aren't exactly landmarks, you know. So there's a long bit where uh, Margot Robbie is playing Sharon Tate trying to get a ticket at the movie theater for her own movie. And oddly, and that that's was, in Westwood. That was, to me, one of the strongest bits of the movie. Eh, okay, well, either way, it's in Westwood and it, those two movie theaters that are across the street from each yeah. other. I didn't even know they were around in the 60s, but, mm. um, you know, I'm literally looking behind her and I'm like, yeah, that's the Starbucks where I met um, a girlfriend that I had for a while. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. the one? Yeah, that's the Starbucks that I met. Uh, I met a girlfriend who yeah. I, I met her famous. by. Now famous. Now it's yeah, that is immortalized in that scene, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know it's kind of nice to see those kind of places transported to the sixties and all that. But anyway, uh, I guess my point, uh, going back to what I was saying, comparing it to the Coen Brothers, is that the Big Lebowski, I think, is quite similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, obviously there are quite big differences. That's but wild. even no, I don't think it is. And here's here's my uh, here's my reason. Both of them involve. Uh, ordinary quote-unquote ordinary guys or people who are slightly aloof and trying to mind their own business getting involved in something quite a lot bigger than them uh they both involve yes are you talking about hail caesar or are you talking about big lebowski no 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 big lebowski and once upon a time in hollywood what does he get into that's oh okay the big lebowski is entirely the manson murders yeah the manson murders and uh, you know just generally but Uh, i mean think about okay think about spoiler alert but think about the ending of once upon a time in hollywood yeah fucking that is that is uh walter i john goodman i.e brad pitt and the dude i.e leonardo dicaprio okay fighting against three black clad comedy villains Okay. In an overly violent way, which doesn't really match with anything in the rest of the movie. Now, do you remember The Big Lebowski well yeah, enough? Yeah, The Nihilist. It ends with a comedy fight with The Nihilist, where John Goodman literally bites one of their ears off. And yeah. there's nothing else in the movie to precede that. Same with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It really reminded me of that. Because everything else had been pretty subdued until then. And then it ends with this big comedy fight where the guy, you know, the kind of um, aloof but sturdy fellow... Uh, is kind of taking down all these people and then Leonardo DiCaprio is literally wearing a bathrobe hold, holding a drink 
And sure. like trying, I'm just saying, it seems like he, I think he saw The Big Lebowski yeah. fairly recently. Well, I mean, one, it feels like blasphemy because I think The Big Lebowski is a masterpiece. I love The I, Big Lebowski. I think once I absolutely time, love Hollywood it. is okay. No, I'm, all I'm saying is I think Tarantino uh, had seen it. At sure, some that's point maybe possible. Yeah. And, and the LA and the LA thing is huge. Obviously, that's the thing I well, love the most about the Big, uh, Big Lebowski since moving to LA is um, how well it captures this <laughs> the weird kind of under yeah. underclass of LA. Well, look, there's gonna be, the image yeah. of LA that you always have is like celebrities and glamour and stuff like that when actually if you move here it mostly is going to be like your weird landlord asking yeah. you to come to his interpretive dance piece you know yeah, that's true <laughs> that's why i love the big lebowskis because it really it captures those kinds of people well there here. is going to be some fucking popcorn chatter in this episode there's no way around it now because we got to get to brendan's but oh yeah um <laughs> fucking oh well i will say this we didn't have much else to talk about i anyway. will say this uh I am. This gets me onto a subject that I've always been kind of fascinated with. And I don't know if this is going to be the most twattish fucking subject I've ever brought up, but like Hail Caesar. One of the reasons I loved Hail Caesar is because it is their kind of like one of their most kind of Pinchonian like yeah. movies. Like Thomas Pynchon's like predilection for like yeah, but by quirky Pinchonian. stories that are bizarre and and belie like hint at like dumb people getting embroiled in like a comedically complex plot and that's the, kind of the funny that's thing that's what almost all of their movies have been like to an extent that's what I was about to bring up Blood there's Simple, been this there's been this very funny there's been this yeah. very funny sort of uh, almost parasitic relationship where you can tell the Coen brothers are Pynchon fans but I think Pynchon is a Coen brothers fan because Inherent Vice which didn't yeah. come out until like 2006 mm-hmm. The the book the book yeah is very Cohen'sy. It's the Big Lebowski, right? It's literally the Big Lebowski. Well, they I mean for, they yeah. say that Raymond Chandler and people were the most um, the biggest influences for the Big Lebowski, which makes sense, right? Because it's a noir. Yeah. It's a, it's very it's a, it's a comedic. Well, it's a noir, noir, but it's also yeah, it it does kind of involve something and... small happening, and then it, exactly. that leads on to a much bigger mystery, which yeah. is my favorite type of story. Okay, it's Blue Velvet. That's Alice in Wonderland. That's fucking, yeah. You know, I actually um, wa- I watched Blue Velvet again recently, and you know what? I don't think it's a very strong David Lynch film. I've never seen another David Lynch uh, film. You don't so have to much me, to compare it to. Best I think worst. he got a lot better after that. I think he. Got, I just love I think stories. It was, it's good, but it's not. I mean, when I moved to L.A., things. I literally spent hours, and I mean hour, days, walking around because I didn't have a job yet, and I hadn't started school yet. I had nothing but, and I didn't have any money, so I had nothing but days to fill. By just walking around any sort of nearby neighborhood, park, whatever, literally searching around under bleachers, ended up on several registers. Truly, (laughs) and I and I think I was walking around looking for a severed ear, something to bring you into, or a muted post horn, or a white rabbit, or something. Because I was just convinced that that's what L.A. was full of. Instead, it's just these little mysteries. Instead, and I found some weird yeah, things. Instead, you just found a condom full <laughs> found of quite green a few, semen. I found <laughs> quite a few condoms. Yeah. <laughs> some needles. and. But uh, like that story has always been very influential to me. And like... Uh, you know, that's why I think everything is Alice in Wonderland and everything is that that exact story device. Like, you know, Kurt Vonnegut used to draw diagrams of story types. That would be one of them, I think, is someone has a normal life. They have one yeah. event 
one very small event and, and then it explodes an underworld out. Yeah. yeah. And Underworld, exactly. Something, yeah, yeah. it has to be, Wonderland is different because Wonderland is completely separate. But like what the cool thing that Crying of Lot 49 or Big Lebowski or Inherent Vice or all those things do is they graft a world that's visible, but just not to the untrained eye on top of the visible world. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about. Well, no, this, but you, but, yeah, you brought up that you have a tendency to want to compare things to Alice in Wonderland, and I'm not sure if I've ever said this on the podcast, but you're autistic. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever brought it up on the podcast, but I did a um, one of the ways Max and I kind of met in a way uh, <laughs> yeah. is that I did a. Uh, Uh, I did a show at a theater that we both went to quite often. And when I guess we'd sort of bumped into each other a little bit, but weren't really on any kind of. I, yeah, I was on your terms. nuts a little yeah. bit because I saw you do cold reading on someone and that excited me. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was like, c- mentalism. Cold, <laughs> cold reading some chick. Yeah. Uh, yeah but um, some chick. <laughs> she's a very nice girl. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> Making her sound like she's just some like random bar skank. And, no, no, no. <laughs> no, lovely girl. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was I was showing Coldway and then him and Max Max used to be different, by the way. Like what do you, you mean? Went, when you were in a relationship he was in a long relationship when I met him. Yeah. And they just turned up everywhere together, you know, dressed kinda nice and just grinning and they yeah. at everything. Yeah. Just so happy to be like around all these <laughs> They seemed like a really nice couple. I, it took me a while to realize how much, how fucking depraved it all was, really. But like <laughs> both of us. Yeah, it's a, it's a little creepy in hindsight, thinking about, like, God, you put on a very different image to what you are. Uh, and either way, one of the ways I actually met met you was that you started coming to... I put on the show, the first show I ever did, and you started coming to it. Mm-hmm. And then you bought, like, five tickets or something. Yeah. It was, like, a four-week run, but you bought five different tickets, so we yeah. kind of kept up in the ante on you. Yeah. But either way, then eventually you were writing for a publication at the time, and uh, I guess you were tasked with writing the recollection. Ugh, so it's not yeah. even a review. It's like, yeah. a, it's like here's what happened to it's me. It's someone describing... If you ever had a coworker describe their dream to yeah, you, it's, it's just that it's mundane. As terrible yeah. as that is. Yeah, so... Not to knock other people's recollections, just my own. No, it's a terrible idea. Because I, unless I you are yeah. literally just giving bullet points of like... You go in here, this happens to you, this happens to you. Then I don't want to say anything rude on public record about <laughs> those guys over at the site. I love them, but like... No, the recollections are kind of useless, yeah. But honestly... If I recall, I don't want to get too off track, but if I recall, you told me that you found that site because you were looking up walkthroughs and stuff. I was looking up, um, no, I wasn't looking up so much walkthroughs, but it was like shows that I didn't get to go to. I kind of wanted to know what they were. Yeah. So it wasn't even necessarily walkthroughs, but I kind of, I wanted to see anything that was written about them. Yeah. Either way. I mean. Yeah. I speak only, when I speak denigratingly, I only speak of my own writing. My own recollections, of which I only wrote one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, go on. No, I, I think it's perfectly fair to to not think that that's a particularly useful thing to yeah. do. But either way, Max, so Max wrote one. He got tasked with writing one. I knew who he was by then, but we still weren't friends, I would say. No. And then suddenly this recollection of my show comes out, and I read it. And every paragraph, there's some mention of Alice in Wonderland. Well, that was the theme. Even if it's not a, qu- like, if it's not a quote, then it's yeah. just like... You know, oof, how much deeper do we go here? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. every single... He basically I found was a motif. Like, yeah, the motif... It was like, I'm creating a parallel between what you've done 
with absolutely no intention of creating Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. And I'm going to make it as Alice if you were. Wonderland. Yeah, I'm going to make it as if you were just trying to emulate uh, that kind of Lewis Carroll type thing. No, I, I really wasn't. And uh, thank you for that. And then I went and made my own like, show. Oh, in which like I, I went and made my own show in which I blatantly ripped off Lewis Carroll. <laughs> but like, but yeah. here's the thing. When I say that, I mean it as the highest compliment. And but <laughs> it's not that it's not a compliment, but it's also the most sophomoric thing to compare things to. I get it. Like any anything slightly surreal eventually will get compared. It's kind of like what's that rule for rule forty something? Rule forty three. Everything gets thirty four. Yeah. In an instant the argument, everything becomes Hitler. Oh no, it's oh, Godwin's law. Sorry, Godwin's law. Thirty four is yeah. there's porn of everything. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, uh, it's more like God, Godwin's law. Eventually. It will um, get compared to Hitler, and if you're doing art, eventually it will get compared to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that is sophomoric, but I don't compare. I don't compare everything to Alice in Wonderland, just the stuff I like, and it's because there are two major things about Alice in Wonderland that I don't feel people grasp onto. When people talk about Alice in Wonderland in comparisons, they're usually just talking about the aesthetic similarities, which is to say, like. Cards, rabbits, whimsical shit, Victorian, right, right, you know, right. shit like that. There are two major things about Alice in Wonderland that make it special that other people are emulating even if they don't know, which makes it one of the most influential stories of all time. And it was probably, there were stories before it that took precedent from it. But I assume, I don't know the actual, I know shockingly little about Alice in, like Alice in Wonderland. Have you before. read it? Well, I've read it. Okay. <laughs> but like, That would be great if you hadn't even read it. I'm not it one of those like, people who like... This is Alice in Wonderland. I'm not one of those. I mean. I'm not one of those people who studies the various apocryphal histories of how it was written like i understand that it was written for alice liddell who was not his kid but i don't know if that's even actually true or not right i know that he was a logician and a mathematician not so much an, an author uh-huh. um but one of the things i know that i think people don't give it enough credit for is like yes it's aesthetically it's a fantasy thing or whatever but there's two things about it that make it very special one is it has that very diagrammable story structure of normal until one event change which i mean look that's an inciting event that's the hero's journey that's joseph campbell whatever the fuck i'm not a narratologist i'm not a narratologist but like it it it's it's like instead of a instead of a uh joseph campbell sort of arc you have a straight line and then almost like a massive squiggle or splay or whatever, where after the inciting event, things become almost random and episodic. Because if you read Alice in Wonderland or Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, if you want to be an asshole about it, uh, if you read that book, it is extremely episodic and not structured and not arced and honestly, narratively kind of unsatisfying because it just goes until it stops. Right. And I feel the same way about Blue Velvet or Crying of Lot 49. It just goes until it buckles under its own weight narratively. So that's the other thing that I think is really important. But the second thing I think is really important is I think owing to probably Carol's background as a logician is that it's not just random. People talk as if there's an inter. There, he has a wonderful sense, and this is what I was comparing your show to more, more specifically, is people talk in a way that really gives the, though it is illusory, it gives the implication that there is an internal logic to this world that you are just not privy to. 
right? So it's not just everyone's being random and wacky because it's fun. It's that people seem to, they reference things as if they are all part of the same world, but this world just happens to play by very different and often capricious rules. And that's different from just random surreality. You know what I mean? Uh, so what do you think of that, Sean? Well, full disclosure, I actually full-on left the room. <laughs> I had to vamp. <laughs> I, left the, <laughs> I had to vamp. I left the room Leave for... Leave all that shit in. That's my thesis project, I left baby. the room for a good 30 <laughs> seconds, uh, and he was still going. You uh, told me to vamp! <laughs> yeah, I gave you, you a signal. You did that waving your I hands you a in a small circle like, Yeah, thing. go on. I'm yeah. going to go do something else for a yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, very, home, very good. Very that good. That was all. That was all just from the mind. And by the way, you should listen to my new solo podcast. It's oh, called, you're gonna start one. It's called Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> I've been doing it for five years. <laughs> you fucking listen to that shit. That fucking Welcome to Night Vale. I, I listened to like one. I didn't. Shit I didn't care for it. Sucks. But... It's so cute. Uh, you're gonna make some enemies on this podcast by saying that. Why is he a listener, think, Joseph think, Fink? No, I think people like it though. I think every no, everything I've really? ever read about it has been positive. Yeah. Oh wow. I, it didn't. I work. mean, it has its followers. It, it like, didn't does, work for me. It does but, like live tours and stuff. I know. Yeah. No, they're, they're what we should be. We should be touring live. Why don't we do that? I listened to one. Let's of make. Those, wait. How about this? Yeah. Why don't we make the next podcast live? That's super good idea. Actually, I got my uh, birthday present early from my wife. A and Zoom. She got me a portable podcast recorder. I got a text from Rachel. <laughs> hey, I, for Sean's birthday, I'm thinking of getting him one of those movable audio machines. <laughs> <laughs> those thingy watsets. <laughs> What's a good one? The talking box. You know, I you said, talk into it and it keeps it. I said the standard is kind of the Zoom. He probably wants like a Zoom H5 or 6. And she was like, got it. And it's just fucking next thing I know, you tell me you got one. Yeah, yeah. My birthday's not for another week. But I was thinking that I was being coy. She, I think yeah. she couldn't wait. I mean, it came in an Amazon package. She was just like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I think she thought that we'd start using it immediately. But honestly, if I have my house, if I'm able to use There's the no house, to then oh, yeah. but in future it might come in handy, especially for the live show that live we're gonna do. Show poor quality podcast live that we've just decided we're gonna do live from the <laughs> Fox Fire Room. Let's do it on Ventura um, Boulevard. No, I'm saying we do it with an audience. I'm Let's saying the audience, audience has to show up. They have to show up somewhere at like a bar. Yeah. That's kind of fun. It's yeah, a free show, so we just are on the patio of the Fox Fire Room. At, no, let's let's do it on time. a patio where we can drink as well. The Fox Fire Room, you can smoke on that patio. I didn't mean to say. I meant there. to say the Fox and Fox. Fox What's and that Hounds. Place? The Fox yes. and Fox. Yeah, the Fox and Hounds. All right, so we'll do it at. The- <laughs> This is so I'm just stupid. getting my fucking calendar out here. <laughs> We're just gonna eat sausage rolls alone together. Yeah, but, no, I mean we will, we will yeah. be alone, but it's yeah. it's still fun to entertain it is still the funny. notion. <laughs> yeah, it's still very fun. So, all right, let's do it on. Well, uh, what's your day next week? Tuesday or Thursday? Or? Uh, let's call it Thursday for next week. Thursday Again. next week. What's that date? Uh, 29th. I think I'm good for that date. No, let's call it Tuesday. All right, 27. Why wait? Oh, yeah, wait. why wait? No, let's call it Thursday because I'll bet this won't come out until Monday. Uh, good point. Yeah, call it Thursday. No, no, this will come out. This will come out soon. Tomorrow. I don't to, yeah, this will come out There's soon. There's no edits needed on this one. It's let's perfect. do Tuesday. All right. Tuesday. Tuesday the Fox and Fox. Meet us. All right. What Tuesday. Time? We got some time. Well, let me give the date first. Sure. Tuesday. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is a great idea. Okay. Tuesday, August 27th. Uh-huh. 
Day before my birthday. Happy um, birthday. Fox and Hounds. Stay till midnight and celebrate Sean's birthday. That's right. Yeah, we'll do it. At we'll, the Fox and Fox We'll on do it Tuesday. at the, uh, the Fox and Hounds in Studio City. On Ventura Boulevard. August 27th, Fox and Hounds, Studio City, 7 p.m., let's say. Can you make that? 7.30. 8 p.m. Sometimes I don't <laughs> get off work until uh, 6.30. So. All right. Okay, well okay, well let's say let's say okay. Seven thirty PM, August twenty seventh, yeah. Tuesday, Fox and Hounds. Perfect. Studio you, City. You guys and you know what? Look, we're gonna bring three mics. <laughs> how yeah, many we, how many inputs does the Zoom support? Uh four. Or we're gonna bring three we're mics. Bring, we, uh, okay, just three. Just three. We have four, but all right. We'll bring maybe four mics. Yeah. Depending on how interesting show up you are. and you will be a guest on the <laughs> and also celebrate Sean's well, birthday we'll have, within his, we'll, within we'll, just, we'll, we'll just get a table. Yeah. We'll just have a table there and we'll all come in and out. Table near the you street. Know, a table near the street. Watch we'll, it be trivia night or karaoke night or something fucking oh, stupid. Fuck, yeah, I should probably check that. But for the time being, yeah. August August twenty seventh, Tuesday, yeah. Fox and Hound, seven thirty PM we'll get going. All right. Let's fucking You put it in your calendar, Yeah, program? I want no, I'm gonna look it up. And make sure. Yeah, make sure you got nothing else. No, make sure that it's not fucking trivia night. I feel like that trivia is on Mondays. Because it's going to be goofy as shit if we have to actually reschedule oh, this non-show. Yeah, that, really non that would fucking uh, suck. Yeah. Let's We'd see have to here. move somewhere else. We'd have to move across the street to that Indian restaurant. <laughs> you know what? Bollywood Fuck food. it. We'll do it during trivia. If there's trivia. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yell over it. We'll do trivia on yeah, the podcast. That's extra funny. That's extra bants, extra memes. Extra banter, extra memes. If you thought yeah. fucking... What's that fucking show called? Agatha's fucking vegan banter cafe? If you thought that that's was funny... That's what it was called, yeah. This is going to be way funnier. <laughs> you can cut that out. Oh, come on. <laughs> Needlessly rude. That show was totally fine. That show sucked dick. I like right, Shenandoah right. worse than better than that show. Oh, really? No, maybe not. Anyway, well, okay, they well, both cut sucked. that out so you don't get canceled by fucking. Yeah, they revoke my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That ticket Sean bought for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> He's not getting his money back. Deal with that. <laughs> You're just gonna have to pay him. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, holy shit! Oh wait. We gotta get going to Brandon's, dude. Yeah, dude. Tuesday, bitch. There's no trivia on Tuesdays. Tuesdays right. is a completely blank day. Tuesdays, Fox and Fuck, seven thirty p.m. Poor quality podcast live slash Sean's 29th birthday celebration. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Ventura <laughs> Boulevard. You'll see the minion from the table. Right. Good on. night, folks. Good night, lads. All right.